I, I, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I love uh, the song she just sung. The blood of Jesus. That's why we have the victory this morning, you guys. Because the blood of Jesus. And the blood of Jesus has not lost its power. Amen? The same. Just like Jesus same yesterday, today, and forevermore. That's the same thing about the blood. It's the same power in the blood. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. God, I just thank you right now. I thank you, God, for, for already, God, you have blessed us. Already, God, we have felt your love and your presence. God, already we have so much to be grateful for and thankful for, for every one of your manifestations of healing this morning, oh God. Oh God, we say thank you. We say thank you. We say thank you. We don't want to be like the ten lepers and only one comes back and says thank you, oh God. God, we all celebrate. We all celebrate what you have done for others, oh God. Father, if you didn't do it in us, God, we celebrate for others, oh God. For we know that you are no respecter of persons, oh God. And God, that what you have done for our sister and our brother, you can do for us. So we celebrate, God. We celebrate the healings in this place. We celebrate straightened knees. And we celebrate legs better this morning, oh God. We celebrate these healings in this place, oh God. God, we have a rejoicing, a celebration, God that surely you are in this place. And God, we are grateful, oh God. Oh God, we're thankful this morning that you would come to visit us, heal us, love on us. Oh, thank you, Daddy. What a good father you are. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. What? Oh, can everybody hold back? Okay. This morning, just how, uh, as far as bringing up your um, seed, this morning I want you to wait because I want you to sow it in. There's a, six, there's a place in the Word that's going to be your place. And this morning I, I want you to sow the seed at that place, expecting a harvest at that place, okay? So when it's that place, and you'll know that place because, God, it'll be in your heart, okay? I, want, I believe that God is doing spectacular he's already opened up the windows of heaven he's already showed us the miracles that he wants to do and this morning i want you to sow for your miracle i want you to sow for your coming out i want you to sow for your breakthrough because i believe this is a breakthrough word okay so when that breakthrough comes you sow for everyone that has a seed i'm just, i'm saying for everyone that came with the seed to sow this is when you sow at your breakthrough moment in the word okay amen we got it got it amen you can be seated this morning Thank you, God. Thank you, God. So glad to be here. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord? I'm so glad to be here. Amen. I'm so glad to 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 um, be here this morning, to be in the middle of watching God move. I, I don't know, like that. That just amps my faith up. Does it, how about you? I'm so glad there's been a lot of, of sickness going around, but I'm so glad as I came in this morning, as we're looking, we know that God is a healer. Come on. And, and no matter what viruses or sicknesses in the air god is lord over the air amen and he's lord over our bodies and god is a healer and i know him as a healer i'm not just saying that he's a healer i'm saying that i know him as a healer because he has healed my body amen i said he has healed my body and i thank god for 
the many manifestations of healing in my body. As I look back over my life, the many manifestations that he has healed me of uh, when I was younger, of a constant side pain that the doctors couldn't figure out was wrong. My dad took me to prayer, and that side pain was when I would walk. It would hurt so bad, run, hurt so bad for a long time. My father took me to prayer. I believed God as a child, and sometimes I'd always go back to that believing then when the enemy tries to make me feel like something's impossible. I go back to being on my knees and getting up from my knees and what the doctors couldn't find, God healed, okay? And I thank God because I know in my leg, God has healed my leg. And, and, and where they said that the nerve was uh, damaged, that I would be on painkillers for the rest of my life. I'm standing here. Leg is not hurt anymore. No, come, You know what? And one thing I want to tell you guys, let's learn how to celebrate miracles. One of the things that I see is God is doing great things, and we're kind of like humdrum because, you know, I know, I kind of know and understand that unless it happens to you, unless you've been through a whole lot of pain and you know what that pain's all about and then it's gone, then you're the one that's going to be rejoicing. But let me tell you, let's, let's flip it, that even though it doesn't, hasn't happened to you yet, the same God that's healed your sister is going to heal you. And come on, let's, let's, let's do a celebration that says, by faith, I know that I'm going to be healed. Let's already celebrate. So don't wait till the battle's over. Don't wait till the healing's come. Let's shout now so that we know when we shout for others and we celebrate for others, what we're saying by faith is, God, I know. I know I'm next. I know you're going to do it. I have faith to believe it. Let's celebrate. I mean, you know. When we look at this, we're, how we give God glory when he does these great things. You know, I can't, I just can't imagine, you know what I'm saying, how God looks down and, 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 and it's like, they healed, my leg was healed. And we're just like, my, you know, we, we've seen the dead raised. I just can't even imagine. I can imagine what the angel says. What is man is our mindful of him? You know, God's doing all these great things, and we need to be, we need to worship him, and we need to praise him, and we need to give him glory that he is worthy of the praise, you know, worthy of the honor, worthy because he is doing these things. You guys, I think sometimes we have to analyze because I, you don't know that I felt, you don't know what I felt, you don't know what they felt, so you can't imagine this. But I'm telling you, I, I'm standing here, and I will give God glory because he's been good to me, and he has been a healer in my life. And I know what he, I know what he can do. And me, I've seen the dead raised. I've, se- I've seen a baby born dead, stone dead. I've seen a baby born so dead that when we went to the doctor, they said there's no way this baby can be alive and be, uh, you know, brain conscious. But the baby is walking, a grown woman now, walking around and, and, and got lots of ministry. I've seen another baby born in the hospital. I just want you guys, I don't know what's going on, but God's doing things. I've seen a baby born in the hospital dead. Called us and told us the baby was dead. Tagged toe dead. Cover over the bed, over the baby dead. As we're praying for the mom that they said is going to die too. And our church is in the hospital praying. And our pastor said, this is going to be a miracle day. Neither one of them are going to die. And, and even though the baby was dead, tag toe dead, I'm telling y'all. 
And the next thing you know, we're praying for the mom. And then we have the doctors running down telling us, we don't know what's going on. We don't know what's going on. But all of a sudden, they hear the baby that they've tagged told. And we're not talking about 20 minutes. We're talking about an hour later, that baby tagged told. They come running down the aisle. So we don't know what's going on. But you guys do whatever you're doing because the baby's alive. The baby's alive. And the mom, come on. This is the God we serve. This is the God we serve. That's the God that we need to be getting excited about. That's the God that he can do anything but fail. He can speak to the mountains. He says we can do it and they can be moved. Come on, you guys. He can do it. We need to worship that kind of God. We need to worship him in the way that he deserves to be worshipped. We need to praise him in the way. We're looking just up in this house. We're looking at babies born with their intestines outside of their body. Come on. And that baby's alive. And that baby's well. And every day we get a report, that baby is more doing what that baby's supposed to do. Come on. God is a miracle God. Let's not take it nonchalantly. Let's take it for what it is. He, he's a healer. He's a healer. And, and as a man thinketh, so is he. If we think about God in a small way, come on, if we think about him in a small way, that's how he's going to manifest in our lives. But we need to think about him in the greatness. Thine, O oh Lord, is the greatness and the power and the majesty and the victory. We need to think about him like that and we'll be able to see God move in a mightier way. I'm not going to ask you for anything if I don't believe in you. Okay? I'm not going to stand there with expectation if I don't believe. And I'm not going to receive if I don't believe. And I'm telling you this morning, believe in God. I'm telling you, believe in God. Believe in God. I have a baby, a baby that's been born into to our family, and they say that she's deaf. Um, our little Sierra, Bubba's little baby, and they said that she's deaf. But see, I've seen, I've heard the testimony. Same baby that was born dead that I'm telling you about, about there's many things that was wrong with her because of lo- lack of oxygen so long that the doctor said she was going to be retarded. She would not be able to hear. She would not be able to suck. She would not be able to call her mama's name. She would just be retarded. That's what they said. But the same baby... The same baby, we, we, that they bought her, at, the report came back to the church that they said they sh- took her to the hospital. The doctor said she's deaf. Same baby they bought back into the church. And the, and the man of God said, take that baby back up to the hospital. Take her back and tell them to test her again. They took her back up there and they wrote in Dinah, this is Dinah, our, our sister, wrote in her chart that something must be wrong with her. She's a little bit off because the thing that they tried to tell her, she would not receive. And so when she got back up there, they said, Dinah, uh, you know, we've already tested her. She is deaf. We've already tested her. And while, while they were saying this to Dinah, the man's stethoscope fell on the ground. And when the stethoscope fell on the ground, the baby went... And when the baby went like this, the doctor had to look and see, why is the baby doing that if the baby doesn't hear anything? And all of a sudden, he had to retest that baby again, and he had to give the mama report, the baby can hear. And I believe God. I've seen enough in my life to know that God can do what he says he can do. He is who he says he is. And all he's asking us to do, only believe. Only believe. This morning, God has been working with me this uh, whole week on healing our thoughts, healing our thoughts, healing 
the way that we think. God wants to change the way that we think so that we can receive what he has for us to receive. I, I'm going to come out this story, and this, and this story is going to be given to you twice. This story excited me so much last night. Oh, my God, I was so excited about this story because the story wasn't even in my notes. And then God just downloaded this story, and all of a sudden, as I began to listen to it, I just love the Word of God. I don't know about you guys. I love how alive and active the Word of God is, and it excites me. When I read the Word of God, there's something that stirs up in my spirit when that Word of God connects with my spirit, and I get a greater understanding of what God is saying, a greater understanding understanding what God is doing. You guys get hungry for the word. I'm telling you, get hungry for the word. In 2 Samuel 9, 2 through 8, we have this story. And, and, and late, I'm going to do this story twice because I, I want to bring it home at the end of what God is saying prophetically to our church, okay, and to the people of God. In 2 Samuel 9, 2 through 8, it says, and this is the amplified version. It says, and of the house of Saul, and I want, can, I just want to, right now, I want you to tune up your spiritual antennas, okay? Um, there are words that if our antenna would catch that word, uh, just a word, just, I'm talking about just a word. There's a word that if our antenna would catch that word, it would bring so much life. Some words we kind of just, we, we can say, and that he said and and the, we can, we can skip over those things. But today I want you to hear the word, okay? Don't take any word as just the prefix, a noun, or a verb. I want you to hear it in the spirit, okay? Okay? Amen. Okay. And of the house of Saul, there was a servant whose name was Ziba. When they called him to David, he said to him, are you Ziba? He said, I, your servant, am he. The king said, is there not still someone of the house of Saul to whom I may show the unfailing, unsought, unlimited mercy and kindness of God? Ziba replied, Jonathan has yet a son who is lame in his feet. And the king said, where is he? Ziba replied, he is in the house of Makir, son of Amiel, in Lodabar. Then King David sent and brought him from the house of Makir, son of Amiel, at Lodabar. And Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David and fell on his face and did obeisance, however you say that word, obeisance. David said, Okay, David said, and he answered, behold, your servant. And David said to him, fear not, for I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan, your father's sake, and will restore you, for I will surely Show you kindness for Jonathan, your father's sake, and will restore to you all the land of Saul, your father, grandfather, and you shall eat at my table always. And the cripple bowed himself and said, what is your servant that you should look upon such a dead dog as I am? Mephibosheth, Jonathan's son who was crippled. He was a king's kid, 
but he called himself a kid in the army. I said he was a king's kid, but he called himself a dead dog. His problem was not just in his twisted, crippled feet, but it was also in his mind. Perception is, is everything. Mephibosheth had been remembered. He had, been, he had not been forgotten, although many years had passed, and he might have thought he had been forgotten, but he had been remembered. David had not forgotten his promise, and he had been invited to the king's house to sit at the king's table, not just for one day, but forever. In his mind, his condition was negating his position. In his mind, he was a cripple. That is how he saw himself as a condition so much that he could not embrace his inherited position. Once you hear that, he saw himself as a condition, and he could not embrace his inherited position. Heal our thoughts, O oh God. Heal our thoughts, O oh God. We, too, have come to Christ with many damaged and erroneous thoughts about life, about others, about ourselves, most of all about our Heavenly Father. We, co- we get these thoughts coming from a worldly past down and experience, and these thoughts have crippled us, they have paralyzed us, shamed us. We've had thought that no matter how we, we uh, face each other with our smelly mask, Underneath there are thoughts of unworthiness, regret, low self-esteem, not belonging, less than enough, thoughts that we don't really matter, thoughts that count us out, disqualify us, that cause us to question God's love and purpose for our lives, thoughts that make me want to give up, run away, let go, tormenting thoughts, lustful thoughts, murderous thoughts. Envious thoughts. Thoughts are powerful. I said thoughts are powerful. Sin did not start with an act. But it started with one twisted thought. I looked up thoughts and thoughts are something that we give regard to. Serious consideration. Something that's been recalled in the mind. Thoughts are what you think when you think no one knows what you think. They are what you would do if there was no restraints and no consequences. There's those thoughts that said, I should just slap the breath out of her. You see, those thoughts that if we could do it, you know, if there wasn't something stopping us, there's those thoughts in our mind of murderous thoughts, of hurting thoughts that's in our heads. These thoughts are years of programming our mind with the old nature, and they are who we are apart from the transforming work of Christ. In Proverbs 23 and 7, it says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. What we water in our thinking will manifest in our, li- in our living. Because really, thoughts are seeds. I said, there are seeds, thoughts are seeds that are planted in our mind, and, and when they're watered, they will bring forth fruit. They will.
bring what we don't want to bring forth. And anything we stop feeding is sure to die. In Romans 12 and 2, it says, Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external, superficial customs. But be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and its new attitudes. It's entire. We need to be changed entirely. Our mind has to be made new. We, it's just entire. Sometimes we think we got good thoughts. We think we, you know, we've been making it on our own thoughts. But God says we have to be transformed entirely, okay? Because some things about the enemy is that our, talk, our thoughts can, thinking can seem very well. But if he has put some, one twisted thing in there, we can be very off and not even know that we're off. It says, so that you may prove for yourself what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. We have to transform our minds so that we will know what God's will is for our lives. Our right thinking, our God thinking thoughts, every since Sin came into the garden and sin came into mankind. It has been twisted. It has been diluted by Satan, the deceiver. One wrong thought can cripple us. One wrong thought can cripple us for years. One wrong thought can let us die crippled. Every aspect of our thought life that has been conformed to this age, it must be transformed into kingdom thinking. Why kingdom thinking? In Colossians 1, 13 through 14, in the Living Bible, it says, For he has rescued us out of the darkness and gloom of Satan's kingdom and brought us into the kingdom of his dear son. He has rescued us, rescued us out of darkness and brought us into the light, into the kingdom of his dear son, who bought our freedom with his blood and forgave us all our sins. Whatever kingdom that we, we're of, we should speak of that kingdom, walk like that kingdom walk. We should represent that kingdom. We can't be, have two kingdom mindsets going on. God has put us into his kingdom, and in his kingdom there are principles, there are precepts that will bring victory into our life, but we've got to make sure we know God's thinking, all right, and, and, and not that flesh thinking. Flesh is not just, when we say flesh, it's not just this. A lot of times we go, this is getting in my way. But it's a flesh mindset that's getting in our way. Looking at the word transform, it says that we would be transformed by the renewing of our mind. When we look at that word transform, the prefix is trans. It implies movement as in words like transport, transportation, transition. In this light, when we say transform, it would, it would imply moving the form. On a deeper level, it means moving from one form to another. As a tadpole that's transferred into a frog. As a caterpillar into a butterfly. As a sinner into a saint. As light, as, as darkness into light, as 
weakness into strong. It's new. Anything that's transformed, when I really thought about that last night, I thought about how new that is. When you look at that butterfly, if no one told you he came from a caterpillar, you wouldn't know he came from a caterpillar. He's totally new. He's totally new. I said he's totally new. And this is what God wants to get do to us that when our mind is transformed there is none of the old it's totally new a lot of us want to walk in transformation but we still got a lot of old me old thinking going on and we don't look new but when god said new he meant new it's a new way of thinking I thought, as I was thinking about that, you know, as I was, you know, I was just sitting there and, you know, sinner into saint and darkness into light and weak into strong. And then I go, transformer, more than me, beyond. Because that's where we get transformed for reals. We are transformed. And remember when the transformer looked like a car? It looks like a car on there, you know, that little what everybody watches show. It looks like a car, but when it turns, transforms, it doesn't look like a car. It, it, so, but God said when he transformed, we shouldn't look like we looked in the world. Our thoughts shouldn't be like the thoughts that we had in the world. We should be thinking totally different. We should have a kingdom mindset, and it should be reflected in our walk, in our talk, and in our new attitude. Amen? We should be, we should have, and God said this last night, we should get away from having earthbound thoughts to heaven-seated thoughts. I said, we got to get away from earthbound thoughts and get into heaven seated. My thoughts are seated in the heavenlies. My thoughts are seated in what God says I can have. My thoughts are seated in his promises. Here we go to, it says, be transformed by the renewal of our minds. Renewal means to replace something old with something new. It is the discarding of old information And we must program the heart with God's word, getting rid of all the old choices that satisfy ourselves and establishing the new choices that always glorify God. In Titus 3, 3 through 5, it says, it wasn't so long, and this is in the message, it says, it wasn't so long ago that we ourselves were stupid and stubborn, dupes of sin. Ordered every which way by our glands, going around with a chip on our shoulder, hated and hating back. But when God, our loving, kind Savior, stepped in, he saved us from all that. It was all his doing. We had nothing to do with it. He gave us a good bath, and we came out of it new people, washed inside and out with the Holy Spirit. He gave us a good bath. I said he gave us a good bath, not a wash-up, but a good bath. He gave us a good bath. In Ephesians 4 and 23, it says, and be constantly renewed in the spirit, and be constantly. This is what we, you know, God gave us a bath through the blood of Jesus Christ. And sometimes when we come to Christ and we stand before God and we say, I give you our, our, my life, what happens is we, we think that in that moment, everything is my mind is changed. I'm ready to go. I'm going to know what to do. But God said, no, you have to be constantly renewed, constantly renewed in your mind. It's, it's a daily 
uh, renewing that we must go through in our minds where our minds just stay kingdom mindset. What, uh, you know, uh, Pastor Holmes says, out of the abundance of the mouth, the heart speaketh. Out of the abundance what's in you, I don't care if you come to church and you hear the word of God, but if you're putting more world in, it, what's the abundance is what's going to come out. If you're putting more world in you than you're putting God in you, the abundance of what's in your heart is what's going to come out. So daily, if we're going to keep a kingdom mindset, we got to be constantly renewing our mind to have a fresh mental and spiritual attitude. Our thoughts have to align with our confession. Otherwise, we have a house divided against itself. I want you all to get that. Our thoughts have to align with our confession. Otherwise, we have a house divided against ourselves. There's a strong link between what is believed and what is confessed. There's a strong tie between that. Understand this. A lot of times, we can be saying saying things, but our heart is not there. We can be saying, for God I live, for God I die, but we don't recognize that in our heart there are things that that uh, if it came upon us, we would turn around from God. Our heart hasn't married what yet what we're confessing. We haven't, it's not together yet. It's good for us to confess and memorize and say scriptures, but there has to come a time where what we're saying is what we're believing. I said, what we're saying, that's the only way, sometimes we're wondering, why isn't things happening in our life? Why isn't it come to pass? Because I can say all day, I know God's going to heal our marriage. But on the inside, I'm still looking at our marriage, and I'm like, I don't see how that's going to happen with Pastor David acting like that. But in front, I, I can declare all these things, but in my heart, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the situation and I've gotten out of the position that I've been called to to believe God to inherit his promises and I'm looking at the condition I'm saying it with my mouth because to say it by faith that's what everyone told me to, to do was declare it but I can't just declare something that I don't believe. I can declare it and ask God, help my unbelief. But I've got to get to a place that one day my belief and my declaration meets up together to bring forth fruit. It's not going to bring forth fruit with one or the other. They have to be married like a husband and a wife to bring forth fruit. I have to declare and I have to believe. Together they bring forth fruit. God wants us to realize that a lot of times we're saying things and we're not even believing those things. They're, they're just good things that we've learned to say over and over and over. But a close examination, we begin to see the doubts and the fears. We begin to see these things that we're really, really, really not believing what we're saying. In Romans 10 and 9, it says, because it, it shows the dual of that, it shows the declaring, and it shows the believing. It says, because if you acknowledge and confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord, and in your heart you believe that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now understand this. We can, we can throw out that believe word very carelessly and very, now I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe in my heart that Jesus rose from the dead. I believe that he is the son of God. But with belief, there comes an action. Belief, with belief, there comes a walking that, that, that registers that I believe. It says the word, in, when you 
stretch out what belief means, it means that in your heart you believe. It means that I adhere to, I trust in, and I rely on the truth. I don't just say I believe, but I believe that he is the son of God. I believe that he died for me. Because if I believe that he died for me, I will believe in the power of the cross. I will believe in the power of the resurrection. I will believe that he has given me power to overcome sin. And I would believe in that. I would trust in that. And I would adhere to that. But a lot of times it's just a word off our lips with no action to follow. We've got to become set, settled, and stable in our thinking. Write that down. You need to be set. You need to be settled. And you need to be stable in our thinking. What did he say? A double-minded man? Unstable in all his ways. We've got to be set. Now, remember what I, I don't want us to get. I don't want us to get confused. Set, stable. What was the other one I said? Settle. Set, settle, and stable. I, and I said our thinking. But we've got to make sure our thinking is the mind of Christ. Because we can be set, stable, and settled in our thinking and be very stubborn in our thinking. And it won't bring forth the fruit that God has according to his word for our life. We've got to get set and settled and stable in God's thinking. God's thinking is the only thing that will bring forth his fruit in our lives. We, when we really think about um, going to the word of God, we go to many, many, many things. But God wants us to go to him and hear his thoughts. Learn his thoughts toward us. God's thought says, I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts and plans for welfare and peace. I mean, that's, we say this all the time. It's such a great memory verse. But do we how we married to this verse? We're married in a time of trouble. We're married when we don't have a job. We're married when our bodies are not feeling good. Am I married to the f fact that at the end of that, I can say no matter what's happening to me, that I, God says that he knows the thoughts that he has for my life. And no matter what it looks like to anybody else, God says, I have plans for welfare and peace and not for evil to give you hope in your final outcome. Can we stay hopeful? in the midst of our situations, because God has already let us know that I know, I know, maybe I don't know, there's the times I don't know, okay, but God says, I know the plans, I can rest in assurance that God knows the plans for my, sometimes we're so worried about getting to that place where, where we think that we're supposed to be, we're, we're so anxious about getting there, and have I missed it, and what, God says, I know what it takes to get you to the place that I, that expected in that I've called you to. He said, the very work that I started in you, he, he didn't say, you're able to finish until the end. He said, he's able. And we need to put that insurance, assurance in our heart. Not that we're able to finish the work he started. He said, I'm able to finish the work that I've started in you. And that, that makes me very, very, very excited. It does. I don't know about y'all, but that it makes me very, very excited. Because there's been times that I've looked at my life and the enemy has come against my mind and said, you're not this. You're not that. You're not going to be. You're not going to get there. You're not going to. And this, this scripture says, devil, you a lie. Because God has a plan. Not me have a plan for my life. God has a plan. 
Did you hear what I said? God has a plan. That's greater than me. You guys, we need to catch that. God has a plan for my life. We're struggling so hard with our plan, but God has a plan for our life. And he has, he has an expected good outcome. I said he has an expected, Nick, expected good outcome. All I have to do is continue to walk and to lean toward God and to, to look toward God. God has an expected good outcome. Nobody can take it away. You know, we worry about people. Nobody can take your outcome unless you let it. Nobody can do that. Nobody has that power over your life. Hallelujah. In Psalms 139 and 17, it says this. How precious. And weighty also are your thoughts to me, O God. How vast is the sum of them. How precious. God has precious thoughts toward us. Do you hear what I'm saying? God has, even when we're thinking down on ourselves and we're disqualifying our own self, God has precious thoughts. When, when we're doing things out, you know, I believe that when we, when we come into God's thoughts, it will help us to walk better. But we spend, we spend too much time on our thoughts and man's thoughts. And so we continue to disvalue ourselves, disqualify ourselves. Remember, you were qualified while you were yet a sinner. Somebody needs to get that this morning. You were qualified while yet a sinner. While yet a sinner, he died for you while yet a sinner. And the enemy comes and tells us while we're walking and while we're striving, you're not going to be anything. God, you're disqualified. You can't do While I was yet a sinner, I was qualified. Well, if I was qualified while I was yet a sinner, what do you think I'm doing now while I'm trying to strive to live holy for God? What do you think? But the enemy comes against our mind, and he makes us forget that we didn't have to do anything but accept the, the blood of Jesus Christ, accept him as Lord and Savior over our life. And God begins to start working in us and changing us, and he's doing it every single day. And don't you let the enemy steal that from you. When we look in the mirror, we need to be telling us, I'm a king's kid. I'm the righteousness of God. And when I fall, he picks me up. And when I don't know, he shows me the way. And when I am weak, he makes me strong. And he doesn't disqualify me. Oh, come on. You know I can tell by our silence, but the enemy is messing with our head. Because when he don't mess with our head, we're like, yes, I got that. This morning, we need to get that. We need to get it. That we're king kids. In the Living Bible, it says, how precious it is, Lord. To realize that you are thinking about me constantly. Oh, shut up right there. How precious to know that you are thinking about Linda Louise Jenkins constantly. That's precious to me. That he sees my cry. He sees my hurt. He hears my faintest sigh. He is thinking about me constantly. When we're worried about who's calling us or who's not calling us, who wants to be a friend with us and who don't want to be, why are we going through all this? God has said, I am thinking about you constantly. I'm thinking about your good. I'm thinking about the plans I have for your life. He said, I am thinking you are never alone because I am thinking about you constantly. I see, but one teardrop comes out. It says he bottles up. He doesn't miss our tears. He bottles up all of our tears. That's a God that's watching. That's a God that's watching. You know, I, I, I remember there's been times when I've cried 
And I wanted Pastor David to see that I was trying. You know, there's just times when I was, you know, in our marriage, there's just times I wanted him to see that I was trying, you know. So we'd be driving, you know, driving down the street. And, and um, so I was trying, but Pastor David just was riding, chewing his sunflower seed and looking out the window. And it would make me so mad. Uh, he's sitting in a car, and I'm literally crying. And he doesn't see. So I'd have my face toward the window, you know, and his tears coming down. And in my spirit, it was just making me so mad that he didn't see me crying. So, you know, I silently cried at first, you know. And so Pastor David's hearing his music, and he's praising the Lord, and I'm just crying, you know. So because he wasn't hearing me cry, you know, seeing me cry, I had to go to the next level, you know, of course. And so, so, I, so I'd go. I, you know, and, and I was like, what in the world is going to take for me to do? Am I going to have to, whoa! I said, what am I going to do? He just, but you know what? God sees, we as humans, come on. We as humans, we don't see everybody's pain. God sees it all. He sees every tear that falls. He hears every moan in the dark. Have you ever moaned in the dark, women, and hope your husband heard the moan? Am I the only one? But God hears. And I don't know. Pastor David might say he, he's never said that to me. But he might have cried in the dark and I didn't. I ignored him. I don't know. But I, this one thing I do know is that God does not miss anything about me and you. God, the one that is the problem solver, the one who is the miracle worker, the one that who can change our situations, he doesn't miss anything. Because even if Pastor David had a cottage, he might not know what to do with it. But God, he knows exactly what to do. He knows where it's coming from. He knows why it's coming. He knows how to heal it. I love, it says, how precious it is. Lord, to realize that you are thinking about me constantly. I can't even count how many times a day your thoughts turn toward me. And when I waken in the morning, you are still thinking of me. He's a God that never sleeps, a God that never slumbers. While I'm sleeping, God is thinking about me. It's God thinking about me that makes me wake up in the morning and inhale and exhale and have my breath doing what it's supposed to do so that I can get up out that bed. It's our God that never stops thinking. Because if he stopped thinking about us, we would. If God would stop thinking about us, we wouldn't. It's his thinking about us that has us alive. It's his thinking about us that has us breathing and, and moving. It's in him we move and, and have our being. It's his thinking about us. And I'm so glad. I don't know about y'all this morning, but I'm a preach Linda happy. I was happy last night, and I was very happy last night. And I'm very happy today when I think about God's thoughts toward me. His, he's thinking about me when I'm not even thinking about him. He's thinking about me when I don't even have the faith that I ought to have. He's thinking about me when I'm being contrary. He's thinking about me. He says, a fool has said in his heart, there is no God. He's thinking about the fool that says there is no God. He's thinking about us 
constantly loving us, constantly wooing us, constantly drawing us, constantly saying, I'm your God, and besides me there is no other. And whatever you need, I have it. Heal our thoughts, oh God. Help us to stop running around from looking from people to people and somebody to hug me and love me, somebody to, to say a good word over me. Help, help us because you know why? Heal our thoughts. So, some things we didn't get. Some things we didn't get when we were growing up and we're still saying, I didn't get it, I didn't get it. And you know what? We're looking from man when we should be looking to God. We're looking for man to do all this stuff. And, and men have affirmed me and the next day they don't spurn me. Do you understand what I'm saying? God said, look to me. Heal our thoughts about affirmation. Heal our thoughts about restoration. Man cannot restore. You know what? I, I, I've seen this over and over again. I've seen people, and even in my life, seen where I wanted to have this reconciliation and, um, um, you know, where we got it together and affirmation, we're cool, we got it like that, things are going on. But even when you get that, it's not enough. All right. Not enough. That's just shallow. Because what you really need, what you really need is to have affirmation from God so that when we get affirmation from God, whether anyone affirms us or not, we know who we are. If you don't like me tomorrow, I still know who I am. You're not stealing from me by saying you don't like me, that you don't want to be for me. Be with me because you know what? I believe that people are only in our lives as God brings those relationships to pass. I think a lot of people were just grabbing, 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 want them to be in our lives. Why aren't they in our lives? Why aren't they in our lives? It's not their season to be in your life. And what God said, he will bring people to you that's for your season. But what I yearn for is not any particular person. What I yearn for is God. There was a time, see, I can say this, there was a time I yearned for my husband. I yearned and I'm thinking I'm saying an unhealthy yearn because he can't be God he can't be everything he can't do everything if he could do everything he'd be God and so I had to come to an understanding that what I was really yearning for was a relationship with Jesus Christ and if I got that relationship I got that right that when husband is not telling me I'm pretty when husband is not giving me what I need when husband I have a God See, I begin to look at that, at that scripture. I used to always say it for singles, that God said he is the first husband. And I would look at that and say, that's, that's a great scripture for the singles because he's your first husband. If you're not married, you have a husband. But God told me one night, I'm still your first husband. The problem is, is that you've made your husband God. You're asking from him things only God. I'm your first husband. And when you get the understanding that I'm your first husband, wherever he can't go, whatever he can't do, wherever there's a weakness, God is strong. God covers all that. He knows exactly what I need. You know how we say that uh, God is our source when it comes to finances? We say God is our source. Well, God is our source when it comes to our marriage. He's our source in every single area. He is our ultimate source. And if we but look down and start depending too much on man, God will let us know you are depending on the wrong thing. You must depend. And that's not taking anything from man. That's not taking anything from woman. We've got to get to the place that I'm going to trust in the Lord with all my heart. I said I'm going to trust in the Lord with all my heart. Trusting in the Lord. If we don't get right thinking, we will not have right receiving. You hear what I said? That? If we don't get right thinking, 
don't have right thinking. Something in our thinking will be off. And as it gets off, one thing I've seen in my life and other people's lives, that once the thinking gets off, if we don't get back into right godly thinking, we, we don't even look like we used to look. There's a strangeness that's, that's happening because we've gotten derailed by one thought. Some people are, are hurting in unforgiveness over one twisted thought. One twisted thought. If they would get that thought healed, it would just bring everything. But one twisted thought has got them off. And because that twisted thought got them out off to the point that they, and why I'm saying twisted is when you can't, you, you can think a thought and you can't cast it down, and then you begin to walk in that thought. And you don't see any fruit coming from it, but you continue to walk in that thought. God's thought brings forth good fruit. Everybody hear what I said? God's thinking brings forth good fruit. God's thinking brings us into progressing. It takes us out of just processing, and it brings us into progressing. When we're stuck in a rut, we need to find that thought. I said, find that thought. Go before God and find that thought. In the, in the scriptures, it says, search me, O God, and see if there is any wicked thing. Search my thoughts, God. See if there be any wicked thing. How many times do we go before God? And I said, even to myself, I can think about what other people are thinking about, but I need to go to God and say, search me. Search my thoughts. Search my thoughts. If you find anything, because if we don't ask him to search our thoughts, we just continue to walk along believing our thinking is right. How many of us we, it should be a daily thing. Search my thoughts, God. Search my thinking, God. Am I thinking right? Am I really on the right page of your word? Or I'm someplace in some opinion, something that's been passed down, but has nothing to do with your thinking. So I'm going to go back, and we're going to end on this story. Heal our thoughts. Heal our thoughts. Because as a man thinketh, so is he. We need to get that. That's not just an easy scripture to say. It is an easy scripture to say, but there is great consequences if we don't think about what we're thinking and seeing if what we're thinking lines up with the word of God. But in this story, it says, it tells us this story about David looking for Mephibosheth. He had made a promise that he would not kill Jonathan's son. He made a promise. And I can imagine how, as I was sitting there last night, it just came into my spirit. And I got so rejoicing happy. I love how, how the sto- stories can come home to us. So God let me know that we were, we were crippled and can be crippled right now. Okay? Okay. We all, as we look at that, we're crippled in some area. Some area does not have the strength that it needs to have in God. So even as we're sitting here, we can think of that area. So this can go for everybody. There's, none of us can say that we got it all, we, we're there, we got everything. No, we don't, okay? So crippled in the area. So as I looked at this, he was looking, he said, 
I, I want you to go, it, where is he? And he tells the servant to go and find Mephibosheth, and which lets me know that he wasn't forgotten. There was a promise made. And as I begin to, I don't know how y'all looking at it, but do you understand that a long time ago there was a promise made for us? I said a long time ago there was a promise made for us that unto us a child would be born. Unto us a son would be given, and his name would be called Wonderful Counselor. That was a promise given to us, a promise that there would be a Savior that would save us from our sins. There was a promise to all of us. And when I look at this story, there was a promise to Mephibosheth. And no matter where he was at that time, and he might have thought that he was forgotten. In our crippled time, where our area that seems lame, our area that seems like we're not walking good, we're not walking straight, that we keep falling, we keep failing, God has yet given us a promise. And that promise is that I will save you, or I have saved you. That's our promise. When I look at that, I got really, really, and he said, would you go, the king says, would you go because I want to show the unfailing. I want you all to put this on yourself. God said he came to find us and to save us. Why? Because he wanted to show us the same thing that David wanted to show Mephibosheth. Unfailing, unsought, unlimited mercy and kindness of God. That he wanted to show us this. And so God came all the way down to, to, to show us, left his heavenly home because he made us a promise. And that promise was to show his mercy, his kindness, and it says his unsought. I love that. Unsought. We wasn't seeking it. But God came anyway, even though we weren't seeking his mercy. He came there, and he says, I want to show you that. And then, so he, the, the, the servant says, um, Jonathan, his son, is laying in his feet. The report comes back, a lot of times our condition, lame in our feet. We're lame in our feet. Something's off in our life. A liar, a back, a backslider, a, a, a cheat, a whatever, whatever it is in our life that, that has us walking lame and crooked. And a lot of times when man looks at you, that's the first thing he's going to say is your condition. Because understand this, God told me that when I look at you and all I can do is look at your condition is because I really don't understand your condition. I really don't understand. When I can look at you and be critical and judgmental, I really don't understand your position. Because if I really understand your position that you are the king's kid, son of the most high God, if I really understood that, that if I really understood that, I'm talking about really understood that, not just we walk around, I'm a king's kid, I'm, 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 I'm God's daughter. But if I really understand, and, and you know, sometimes we can understand it very well about ourselves. I'm a king. I'm the daughter of the most high God. We can understand it very well. But can we understand it about others? Can we understand that no matter what they're doing, no matter how far off they are, no matter how weak they look, no matter how, they're still a king's kid. And God is saying that when, when I, I, I'm critical of you, when I'm looking at you, I'm disqualifying you by your condition is that I've forgotten something very much more important than the condition you're in. It's the position that you are God's son and daughter. And God is saying that when we look at each other through that 
that we are sons and daughters of the Most High God, then we can begin to treat each other in a different way. We can treat each other because I, you know what, you know what, saying, being a king's daughter uh, provides me with protection. See, you didn't, there's, I don't know if every family was like that, but you didn't mess with my brother. He had a family. You, it, when I went to school, nobody messed with Pastor David. And it was, was kind of cool because then they wouldn't mess with me because they had all these big brothers. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because he had a family. Now, y'all might not get it like I'm getting, but I, I get it like this. I have a family. I'm of the kingdom family. And no matter how off I am, oh, somebody's not going to like this. No matter how out of pocket people think I am, you really can't mess with me and not invoke the heart of God. God will deal with me as he will deal with you. But the thing is, is that we've got to get an understanding is, is that we are king's kids. And our father is God. And, and our, our God is for us and he's not against us. And he's not letting us treat each other any old kind of way. Did you hear what I said? He's not letting us treat each other. And somebody said, well, he needs to hurry up and work because people treat me crazy. He is not. When God gets through, when he gets through, understand this. God allows us to go through some things as a good father will. Because there's part of us that he knows that can really handle situations. That he has already taught us how to handle these situations. And God, the good father, is allowing us to handle the situations that we're able to handle. When we can't handle something, it's like a real good father, he steps in. There's just things in my life that my dad had to step in to when I was growing up in high school because I couldn't handle it. It wasn't even for me to handle. It wasn't my maturity to handle. And so he had to step in it. But the things that I could handle, I knew when I looked in my father's eyes, it was, what are you doing? You can do that. And God is looking in our eyes, what are you doing, son? What are you doing, daughter? You can do that. You can handle that. You can, you can go through that. I've given you enough. I've given you enough power to do this. But if we can't do it, he steps in right on time. So in this, we see that... He goes and gets um, him, and when he comes, when Mephibosheth comes, he, he, the promise over his life is that he's going to get to come and sit at the king's table, not just to be invited over for dinner and go back home. See, sometimes we come and God has invited us to his table. And sometimes we walk in the mindset of he's invited us to dinner and we go back home. He's invited us to come to his table and eat at his table for always. He, he didn't invite us just to come get a meal and then go back out crippled, go back out doing the same old thing. He invited us to come sit at, I don't know what you guys are thinking this morning, but we've been invited to the king's table to sit there always. And it doesn't matter. Remember, he didn't have to come in with straight legs. He didn't have to come in all together. He came in crippled, and he got invited to sit at the table crippled. And some of us are in the house of God just waiting to, to accept the promises of God when we get 
all together. Even when, when we came, we kind of fought that when we came. I know that I can't come to the Lord and wait until I, you know, just wait until I'm all together. So I'll come to the altar and get. But then we go and we sit back in the pews and we start thinking that same thought that we tried to, to kneel out when we came to the altar. We go sit in the pews and we start. Now, now, you know, right now when I get it together, I'm going to get the promises. When I get it together, I'm going to get God's favor. When I get it together, I'm going to get to eat. No, God said, while you're crippled. Oh, somebody need to get up happy up in here. Unless I'm the only cripple, okay? Somebody needs to get up happy up in here. Because God has allowed, and, and you know, one thing that, one thing I said, it's our estimation of ourselves that bothers us. God said that get this mind of Christ, who, he didn't think it was robbery, okay? He didn't think it was robbery, but he humbled himself. Our problem is, I don't think it's robbery that, that God has made me a king's kid, but I'm coming in humble. I'm not coming in arrogant, okay? He said it made of himself no reputation. Our problem is when we make ourselves of any reputation, then we can't admit that we have any weaknesses because I'm too busy making a reputation for me. He said Jesus made of himself no reputation, but he humbled himself. When we come in, our, our, the only reputation I'm trying to build up is to God be the glory. Because I don't care how good I am. I don't care. All, without God, I am nothing. Without God, I would fail. I don't care how smart I sound, and I don't always sound that smart. Thank you, Jesus, because I know that I need to lean and depend on God. If he made me too, too, too smart, I'm a, I would think that I had it. But I'm thankful. I'm telling y'all right now, I know I'm not too smart. And I know I need to lean on Jesus Christ. And I know that I need to lean on his strength. And I'm glad that I'm able to lean on him. Some people say, do you ever get over getting in the pulpit? Do you ever just walk in the pulpit and you don't feel scared? And you don't feel, it's not about feeling scared. It's about I never walk in the pulpit with this high and mighty, I got it today, ever, because I know I need to lean on God. I know that I need to depend on God. I know this flesh would want to show up in a minute when I'm in the pulpit. I'm keeping my flesh. You flesh, mm-mm. Hear what God says. Say what God says. Do what God says. You're, there's still a warfare up here. And I'm telling you, when he went there, they brought him to the house. But one of the things that he said, he said, and the cripple bowed himself. And sometimes, and the adulteress bows herself. The liar bows himself. And the whatever, the, our addiction or our sin addiction, we bow ourselves. But when God has, we forgot, we forget, you know, David, the king, invited him. He came by invitation of the Lord. Now, can we get this? Have you ever wanted to go to a dinner and nobody invited you to the dinner? Okay, look at this. Because maybe you weren't so cool or maybe you just wasn't, a, you didn't fit into that group or whatever. Look at this. You didn't have to fit in. The king invited the cripple. I want us to get an understanding because... Because sometimes we forget this. We forget that we've been invited. We act like we just walked up in here and gave our lives to the Lord. We've been chosen. We've been invited by the king. The king has invited me to sit down at his table. And why am I going to let anybody, why am I going to let anybody, why am I going to let my condition negate my position that the king 
I don't know what you guys would feel like. If President Obama, I don't know, you know, I don't know opinions, okay. So if President Obama flight paid, uh, writes you tomorrow to the Capitol to sit at the table, I don't know how many of us, how, you know what I'm saying, how many of us would, he invited us. He invited us. And how many of us would be, I get the letter in the mail, I, I go to Pastor David, dead dog that I am. I don't know why he would invite me, dead dog that I am. And I would, I would take that invitation and I would throw the invitation down and I would say, I don't know why, I don't know why he would invite me. Who am I? I can't talk right. I don't know nothing about the city. I don't know nothing about the city. I couldn't mix up. And who, who am I? Who am I? But he invited you. I don't know too many people that would not take that ticket and fly out there. I, I don't know too many people that wouldn't, okay? The only way that we really wouldn't is because our esteem would be so low. Our esteem would be so low that we just couldn't even think about walking up the steps of the Capitol. We can't even see how we could. God is saying that's what's happening in the house of the Lord. God said, I have called you. I have invited you. Not your, not your friend, not your husband, not people that you hold so highly and you worry about whether they see you as good, bad, and whatever. God said, I invited you. On the day that he really invited me, I didn't care about nobody, what they saw. There's been times since that I've been saved, I've been cared about just walking down these aisles. I'm just, no, oh, my God, this is my skirt. I'm going to fall. I'm going to do this. I, I'm so, and what is God said, that's so self-consumed. I'm just like, oh, what's going to happen? Can I get to my seat? Oh, my God, is something hanging? Okay, but when on the days that I came to Christ, I didn't care if nothing was hanging. I didn't care if snot was coming out my nose. I didn't care what you thought. I didn't know where you were sitting. I didn't know what you had on. I didn't care about none of that stuff because God had invited me. And I felt the invitation of God. And God superseded all y'all. And when I came to God, and I don't mean all y'all because I wasn't here. When I came to God, but I said all people. He superseded that. And I came up here with not a thought, but thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that you invited me. Thank you, God, that you took me from that place of indignity, that place of shame, that place of guilt, God, and you set me at your table, God. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. And I'm telling you this morning, as we begin to walk, God said, heal our thoughts. Because as we begin to walk, there was that knowing that God has invited us. And it didn't matter what no one else said. And the same invitation, it was not just like from a fellowship. It wasn't an invitation for one day. It was that we would be able to sit at his table forever. And when we walk in Christ, there should be the humility, but there should also be the knowing that I've been invited by God, and I can walk up in the house of the Lord, and I don't know what you think about me, and I don't, I, I'm not really too caring about what you think about me, because every time I come into the, we let people stop us, why, we, people didn't invite us to the Lord, people didn't invite you to the Lord, People didn't move upon your heart and say, come unto me. God said, come unto me. The most high God said, come unto me. He 
Esau said, come unto me and I will give you rest. Our rest is only taken away when we begin to think about people. That's the biggest problem in our life is people. But it is the heart of God, people. So we're not going to escape it. I don't care what. We're not going to escape it because it is the heart of God, people. I don't care. I, don't, I, can, I can move to the hills. But at the end of the day, God's heart is people. And at the end of the day, his commission is for us to go and tell, not cats and dogs, people. People. And he brought us into the house of God where we think it's the worst place to be because in the house of God it seems like there's so much drama and we feel like when we go outside it's going to be better. It's a lie from the pit. It's a lie from the pit, you guys. See, the only, the only reason why it, 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 you're different when you're dealing with people out in the world. We have a little more grace for people out in the world. We have a little more long-suffering because, you know, we, we feel that we've been the ambassador and we need to stay with them until they come to the Lord. But the problem is, is once they get to the Lord, we drop them like a hot cake. It's the same thing. It's the same thing, you guys. God is trying to teach us in here how to be long-suffering, patient, and loving one each, each other through the hard times, the bad times, the ugly times, the I, I get on your nerve times. God wants you, us to learn how to love one another so that we can really have the tenacity to stay and, with one another, have sincere love for one another, so that when we go out there and we be, oh, so sweet, oh, so nice, and, and, and Jesus loves you, and will you come to our church? And then they get in here, and we get to know them. The problem is that, you, that we really get to know them because once you come to God, it's just like once you say, I do in marriage. If you get my drift. Before you, when you were dating, everything was so sweet and it was so wonderful and everything was so good and it was just right and I could just love you and oh, I could talk to you for hours on the phone and I just wanted to hear David's breath. Okay? But then when we get to married and we get to the working of a relationship, the building of a relationship. Then it's like, please shut up. I want to hear another thing. Oh, my God. We don't talk to each other the same way. We're not all Google eyes about each other because now we see each other's faults. That's what, what happened when we bought each other in the church. God allowed us to see our, each other's faults. But the thing is, he said that the grace upon us is to look beyond the faults. And that's what he's trying to teach us in this atmosphere, to look beyond the faults and see the need. Because otherwise, we're just going to be superficial soul winners that says, once I get you to the altar and drop you off, but once I see something on you that's crazy, once I see something that on you that gets on my nerves, that I'm going to drop you off. Oh, God, heal our thoughts. Heal our thoughts. Because I don't know. I don't care how you see Pastor Linda right now. Pastor Linda has some stuff. And Pastor Linda, I know I can get on Pastor David's nerves. I know this. Not on purpose. There's just some things, you know, there's just personality things that we, we, we didn't really realize because we were so busy trying to please one another while we were dating. 
what happened to the pleasing? We were so busy trying to please each other while we were dating. I was so busy trying to think what would please him. I was trying to eat right and lift my fork right and, and try not to, to eat like I would eat at home, wolf the hamburger down. But in front of Pastor David, I would do this little cute little thing that, you know, make me look cute to him. And so, so I'm showing myself in a whole different way. You know what I'm saying? Every time he saw me, I'm whipping my hair up and, and I'm wearing my clothes. And, and I'm doing, but you know, one day, he, you know, after I said I do, what happened to whipped up hair every day? What happened to all that? What happened to, 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 to not scarfing my food down? What happened to those things that he thought was so cute? Because you know what? When we're trying to please some, some people, sometimes we think. It's not who we are. It's who we think they want us to be. And so now we present this false um, presentation, and then all of a sudden they look up one day, and, and you got curlers. You, they didn't see you with curlers in your head every day. They didn't see you in the flannel bath, bathrobe, because I can put on some flannels when I'm cold. You, you, you didn't see none of that stuff. You didn't see none of that stuff, me bound up like a polar bear. You didn't see none of that stuff. Uh, he saw what he saw looked good, but I didn't wrap it all up. You know, not even thinking. Why did I present myself that way if I wasn't going to be that way? Why do we do these things? God, to heal our thoughts. Heal our thoughts, and you guys can stand. Heal our thoughts so we can be the people that God has called us to be. Heal our thoughts so that we can receive the promises that God wants us to have. I said, heal our thoughts, oh God. Heal our thinking, and our thinking has to constantly go before the word of God. And that's why I have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ in his word. I have to have an intimate relationship with the word of God so that I can know where I'm off on my thinking. I said where I'm off on my thinking. I can study the word. We can study the word to show where someone else is off on their thinking. But can we show where I'm off? There's been times I've been studying that word to give proof of point to Pastor David. There's been times I've been studying that word to prove a point to my son. There's times I've been studying that word for others. God says, we got to study it. For, where am I off? Where am I off? Check me, Lord. Check me, God. Heal my thoughts. I want to believe you, God, that you love me. I said, I want to believe God that he loves me because the day that we stop believing God loves us, that's the day that we go out and do all kind of crazy stuff and we get into all kind of crazy things. But when I know that I know that God loves me, oh, wow. When you know that God loves you, you can go through things that you thought you never could go through. I said, you can go through things. How many is a witness? When you know God loves you, You can go through things you never, ever thought you could go through. Today, today we cry out. Somebody might just know you by your condition, but don't let that stop you. Many times we feel when people know us by our condition, but God wants you to accept your position as his king kid. He wants you to accept that to the point that nothing can shake you. Nothing can rock you. Not even yourself. When you dare to talk against your own self, the word of God will come up in you and remind you, hold up. That's not who I am. I'm not weak. 
All these things we say, I'm, I'm weak, I'm going to die. All these things we, we prophesy in the flesh over our lives. Let's start prophesying in the spirit over our lives. God, change my thoughts. Change my thoughts toward man. You know, we can look at somebody and say, they are run. We can look at people and just count them out so easily. And it's a sad thing because we don't realize that we're both people. And the enemy comes against both of us. And if I disqualify you, the same judgment I meet out, you'll come back to me again. Sometimes we don't like ourselves. The reason why we don't like ourselves is because we judge everybody by this yardstick. And we judge everybody. And so then when we look at ourselves, we've already judged everybody. What can you say? I don't like me because when I look at that yardstick, I don't, I don't measure up to this yardstick that I'm, that I'm measuring other people by. I can't accept myself because I can't accept you. Come on, let's get that one. I can't accept myself because I can't accept you. Heal our thoughts, oh God. I am who God says I am. And I can do what God says I can do. And I'm going to say that till I'm married to it. I'm not just saying it as this cute little remark something that we repeat at church I'm saying it because I want to be married to that I want the power of that I want the strength of that that I can do what God says I can do and I am who say, I am who God says I am I am I don't care what the condition is the name that somebody puts on me I'm who God says I am and every day I am who God I don't care what mom and daddy called you. I don't care what they said over your life. You're not going to be anything. Uh, it's time for us to let God give our thoughts a bath, a cleansing bath, according to his word. This morning, Lord, come on, anybody, let's just lift up our hands all over the sanctuary. Father, we thank you right now, God, that you are Lord over our thoughts. As we submit our mind, it says, let this mind be in you. That means I have to surrender my mind. God, you're just not going to come and take control over my mind. God, I have to surrender and let you have your way in my life, in my thoughts. God, right now, God, I acknowledge that it's only kingdom thinking that's going to bring me into the victories and the promises of God. That I can struggle all day long with my heart divided. You said a house against itself shall not stand. And so, God, my thinking will be married to my confessing. I will not confess things, God, and not search out to see if I really believe that thing. Lord, in the areas that I'm weak, help my unbelief. Help our unbelief. Help our unbelief. Help our unbelief. God, I see right now that you want to do great things. You want to do miraculous things in this place, God. God, I see that you're moving. I see hesitation. The Father sees hesitation. Hesitation as he's moving. We're saying, would he really do that for us? Would he really do that for us?
for. You are a king's kid. And yes, he will really do it. Yes, he will heal the blind. Yes, he will make the lame to walk. Yes, he will heal the ulcers in the stomach. Yes, he will heal your back. Yes, he will stop the migraines. Yes, he will. Because he's a healer. Because he's a healer. Because that's who he is. And Father, I will stop looking at myself and say, am I worthy of this? I want to say this. And this. God showed me something. There was a lady, and this lady came into the line to be healed. And when she, she wouldn't, the, the man of God told her to put down her cane. She wouldn't put down her cane. And some of us would say she wasn't ready. Leave her alone. But the man of God said, put down your cane. Today is your healing. And the lady would not put down her cane. And as I was listening, our, our compassion, our, our thought about people telling us what to do, it rose up in me and I was like, he better be right. You know, because he came to take her cane. And the lady, she was holding on to the cane, really. And the, and the man of God said, I'm going to tell you something right now. He says, why don't you want to give up this cane? God had him to ask the lady the question. And the lady said, I don't want to give up this cane because if I, if I am healed and can walk, I will no longer be on disability. Heal our thinking, oh God. I said, heal her. She said, I get so much per month and it takes care of my bills. But if I get healed, I'm going to have to go to work and I'm not going to be able to have that income Heal our thoughts. Heal our thoughts that we would, we would, we would want to be. We don't realize that if God can heal our legs, He can heal our resources. I said, if He can heal us, He can keep us. But we don't realize the things that we're trusting in. We think that we're trusting in God and we're trusting in man. And we're trusting in man's resources. We're trusting in man's way. And God said, no. And as soon as she said it, as soon as the lady said it, it hit her spirit what she had just said to the man of God. And she stands there and it comes into the realization, I've been walking this way. And she said, I've been in many healing lines. She said, healing lines one after the other. And she said, I always walked away with my cane. And she said, not till today did anyone ask me, why didn't I want to give up the cane? And she said, when that acknowledgement came into her spirit, because the truth will set you free. When that acknowledgement came into her spirit, she gave the man of God her cane, and she began to walk. You guys, some areas that we're crippled in is because we're afraid of something in the natural. But God has said, if I can make you walk, I can heal everything. I can do anything. He said, don't hold on to your crippling area. Some areas we hold on to our crippling area because it makes us feel more powerful. It makes us get attention from man. It makes man feel sorry for us. And we hold on to that crippling area. And God said, it's time to let it go. I got more for you than you can even imagine. I got more for you than you can even think about. Let the crippling area go. And let God heal you. In Jesus' name. Father, I believe that you have given me this word. 
And Father, I believe that it has went out to do what you wanted it to do. Father, right now I ask that you would break every chain, every stronghold, every crippling area as we begin to submit to you. God, as we begin to ask ourselves, why am I holding on to this? Why won't I let it go? And that we really acknowledge, God, sincerely in our hearts, why we're holding on to what you would want to heal. Father, today I ask right now you will heal our thoughts. Find that crippling place that's holding us. Find that crippling place that has us bound. Find that crippling place and loose it in Jesus' name. Loose it in Jesus' name. As we acknowledge it, God, loose it, God. God, we might say, I don't know where the crippling thought is, oh God. But you, we surrender our mind to you. And we say, God, search me. Search me. Lord, if you find anything that shouldn't be, any wicked thing, any doubt, God, reveal it to me and give me the power, God, to let it go, to let it go. Because, God, I want the supernatural life that you have promised me. I want the supernatural promises that you have promised. God, I pray that over this whole congregation in Jesus' name. Oh, God, I pray that you are healing our thoughts, healing our thoughts. God, before you can ever heal our bodies, oh God, you got to heal our thoughts, oh God. Heal our thoughts in the name of Jesus. Heal what we think about you. Heal what we think that you can do. Heal those areas, oh God, in our mindset, oh God. Heal us right now in the name of Jesus. Today, right now, if you haven't made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, whatever's been stopping you, whatever's been holding you back, maybe that's one twisted thought that I have to get myself together before I come to the Lord. I, this morning, have prayed over that thought. That is not a thought from Christ. Christ is the one that cleans us up. Christ is the one that delivers us. We can never deliver ourselves. And so today, if that's been a thought, God said, come. Come unto me this morning. Come make him Lord over your life. He is the one that will change you, deliver you, direct you. This morning, come. Stop walking and stop struggling. Because in Christ, when we lean on Christ and make him Lord, he can give us the rest we need. Oh, come on, come on. If you haven't made him Lord of your life, come on. Why wait another day? There's a twisted thought that says, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it when I feel better. I'll do it when there's not so many people around. There's all these twisted thoughts the enemy's trying to bring into your head. But but God says, come unto me now. Don't worry about anything or anybody. Remember what I said? I didn't care about anybody. All I wanted was God's love, his help for my life. So this morning, if you haven't given your life, come what does that mean to come it just means come come to the altar come as those that come and pray with you as you say lord i'm helpless first of all the bible says that we must believe god is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently we first must believe this that god is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him this morning i implore you don't wait another day God wants to direct your life. He wants, most of all, he wants to save your soul. He said, behold, today is the day of salvation. Harden not your heart. Whomsoever will, let him come. If you don't have a church home, we open the doors of Living Faith Christian Center today, and we say, you are welcome in this place. They that are planted in the house, Lord, planted, shall flourish. And I really mean that from the bottom of our heart. It's not just that's God's word, that we must be planted to flourish. I do a lot of things with plants. And as we see our plants at home, just sit in that plant, 
on the outside, on my floor, in my living room, it's not going to live very long. But I've got to plant it. And one of the things that I see is we can't keep repotting ourselves. Repotting and repotting and repotting. You can repot when it's time for the roots need to be repotted. But sometimes we just repot because we don't like the pot. So we're messing up things by doing that. We're, we're taking away strength when we do that. Sweetie, I'm so glad that you're up here this morning. So glad. So very, very glad. Is there anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Are you up here for joining the church or giving your life? Joining the church. Well, hallelujah. Thank you, God. Have you given your life to Jesus? That's the main point. We love that she joins the church, but we love more that she's given her life to the Lord. Amen. They said they don't say how many people all across the nation have said they've gone to church and there hasn't been an invitation to give their life to the Lord. Just an invitation to join the church. you got to give your life to the Lord. All right. Is there anybody else? Maybe you've walked away. You've been wounded in your heart. You've backslidden. Walked back. And this morning, God has compelled you to come into this place. Oh, that's all right. Come on. Hallelujah. I love it. God loves it. God loves it. God loves it that when we can honestly acknowledge where we are and that we can do something about it, God gives us an opportunity to do something. And he says he loves. He's married. He's married. Sometimes we feel remorse and regret when we've walked away. But when we come forward... We should feel rejoicing. You know why? Because I remember the time I walked away. And when I walked away, I could be dead today. His mercy didn't have to be over my sight, Elder Phillips. My thought, my mindset at that time, his mercy didn't have to be over my life. My mindset was I just didn't care. And in a don't care state, anything could have happened to me. But I thank God because in that don't care state, you guys, God's mercy and love was still there. And he brought me back. And the enemy tried to make me feel guilty when I came back, tried to make me feel bad, tried to make me feel like I couldn't raise my hands. But let me tell you something. I've learned that when you come back, raise your hand. Because it is God that's brought you back. It is God that's kept you. It is God that's loved you so much that he didn't let you die. He didn't let us die out there, y'all. He didn't let us die. So right now, in the name of Jesus, can someone come stand behind her, please? Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. First, I'm going to pray for you. Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, over this man of God, Father, he already knows you. But today, I pray that he would know you in a greater way, God. God, where the enemy has tricked him and pulled him, God, I pray that he would not be tricked or pulled in these areas anymore. But God, that you would bring strength to those areas and wisdom to those areas and power to those areas, oh God. Oh God, the enemy wants to to fill us with guilt and shame and failure. But God, right now, God, I ask that you just over him. Let him know that he's a winner. He's a winner in you, oh God. He's a winner in you, oh God. Father, let him know right now how absolutely that you love him. You never stop for one minute, even when he's been disappointed in himself. God, you have never stopped loving him. Your unfailing love 
rests over his life. God, I know, though, in, the, in, in, in his heart of hearts, today he is saying, God, I know that you love me. God, I just want to walk this out, and I want to walk it out strong, God. God, today, let him know that you, the Holy Spirit, you are his helper. You are his helper. And God, today, help him to be acquainted with the Holy Spirit in the way that he knows you as the one that God has sent to lead him, to guide him, to direct him, to strengthen him. God, help him to know the Holy Spirit in that powerful way. Father, we thank you for this walk back to you, God. And Father, meet his heart like the story says of the prodigal. Meet his heart, ready to robe him, ready to put a ring on his finger, ready to put sandals on his feet, ready to throw a party. Oh, Father, ready to throw a party. Ready to throw a party. Father, sometimes when we get out the wheel, there are others who have seen us out the wheel, and their hearts are like, I'm just waiting to see. Father, I even ask right now that that heart would be changed. believe you that they would believe you that they would believe you and that your arm is not too short that it cannot save and today God we confirm the work that you have done in him right now no goosey woosey goose pimples nothing that's filly filly God just faith that you've done a work in him and will continue to do so in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Lord, we thank you for saying your name because I want everybody to know it. Rachel? We thank you, God, for Rachel. We thank you for the decision for Rachel to come and to, to come in and be a part of Living Faith Christian Center, to come and be a part of this local body. God, we pray, God, for the strength that she needs, oh, God, to walk this walk, oh, God. God, we pray as a body, God, that we would be able to love on her, God, like you want us to love on her, that we would be able to stand by her, God, and undergird her, God, in the name of Jesus, according to what you've called us each to do in her life. Father, today, oh God, we ask that there be a strength in her knowing more of you, oh God. God, that she would have an intimacy with you, of you being her Savior, you being her Lord, you being her resource, you being all that she needs. Oh, God, whatever troubles in her life, whatever she's looking to you for, God, God, let her know you as Jehovah Jireh, her provider. Oh, let her know you as her healer. Let her know you as her king. God, we thank you right now. Father, I thank you for everyone that's here. That was under the word, God. And I thank you right now for what you have done in all of our spirit today. God, there's a shoring up that you have given us, God. In our thoughts, you are beginning to heal our emotions, our thoughts, God, our thinking, God. God, you're beginning to reveal thoughts that's not like you, thoughts that will bring no victory in our lives. And God, we are grateful for that right now. And God, we submit our thought life, our thought life to you right now. And we surrender every negative thought. Everything is not like you, oh God. But God, we ask right now what we know you would do, that you would, in exchange for the negative, in exchange for a word that's not of you, that you would give us a word 
in that area, a sure word in that area, oh God, that we cannot just talk it out, but we can walk it out in Jesus' name. God, we love you. Come on, everybody, say we love you. We love you this morning.